sounds of the Anteater Kingdom on 88.9 FM KUCI in Irvine. The views and opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of KUCI its management, or the UC Board of Regents. For more information on this or other KUCI programs, visit KUCI.org or KUCITalk.org. And my Govanin and Suilaid, to all my elf friends, I am Tani Chinuviel, the resident KUCI Middle Earth elf. And coming up in just a few moments, an elvish perspective on life, community, the arts, and chocolate on What Would Arwen Do? KUCI in Irvine, the best radio station in the history of the universe. enchanting music from The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, the complete recordings, Academy Award winning music from Howard Shore, I am Tani Tenuviel, the resident KUCI Middle Earth Elf, and in case you are just tuning in, this is KUCI in Irvine, Orange County's alternative radio station. This is What Would Arwen Do on every other Tuesday from 4 to 5 p.m. on alternating weeks with Phenomenal Women, where we talk to the phenomenal women of Orange County. And uh, in case you are just tuning in and wondering, what in the world is this all about? This is the show where we ask, I ask, if a Middle Earth elf lived today in Orange County, California, what might her life look like? How would she celebrate and support the arts, music, her community, and the preservation of Earth, its beauty, resources, and creatures? Some people like to ask, what would Jesus do? Which is a very good question. I like to ask, what would Arwen do? In, and in case you're wondering who Arwen was, Arwen was an elf princess, the daughter of Elrond, a prince among elves and lord of Rivendell a magical place in Middle-earth of healing, lore, and wisdom, perhaps not unlike the community of people here at UC Irvine. Arwen was also a beloved daughter of the universe, as are all of the women of this fair celestial home called Earth, or in Elvish Arda. I believe that Arwen understood the principle of noblesse oblige, that with great privilege comes responsibility. She embodied the archetype of a true princess of the light through her courage, wisdom, beauty, her sense of humor, and her service to others. So I think that princesses sometimes get a bad rap these days as being kind of vain and self-absorbed, but that's the shadow side of the princess archetype. And I think we see the, the, uh, the light side, of course, uh, starlight, in Arwen and her grandmother, Galadriel. In Tolkien and the Lord of the Rings, A Guide to Middle-Earth, Colin Durias wrote, In his invented mythology of Middle-Earth, Tolkien intended that his elves were an extended metaphor of a key aspect of human nature. This, quote, elven quality in human life was a central preoccupation of Tolkien's. Elves, like dwarves, hobbits, and the like, partially represent human beings. In Tolkien's mythology, Elves represent what is high and noble in humans. In particular, they represent the arts in their highest form, work done in the image of God and his created world. So, 
I believe that this, quote, elven quality exists today in every living person and yearns for expression through gifts of creativity, nobility, and service to others. And so this program is about those people. And I am so excited because we have been on the air now for five years. And now it is not just the elf. It is the elf and the hobbit, Milo Loonsdown. Good afternoon, Milo. Tani, it is just a beautiful <laughs> Middle Earth day today, this afternoon. We are so blessed with the beautiful blue sky and the warm sun. The The trees are growing slowly. My taters are growing slowly. <laughs> but, but my greens are growing quickly. It's a beautiful day in the Shire. And I love being here uh, on the campus of UC Irvine where we broadcast. We are KCI, broadcasting from the University of California in Irvine and streaming live on the Internet at KUCI.org. And, of course, as an elf, I need to be close to the sea. And uh, so I live just down the road a piece in uh, Newport Beach, or as I affectionately like to call it, the uh, Grey Havens or the Phallus. And, but, the, but UC Irvine reminds me very much of the Shire. Lots of trees and little hills. and It's just so lovely. It reminds me of my home in the Shire so, so much. So today we are going to be having a very special guest, and we have lots of very special announcements today as well. But we have such a special guest, a guest that's near and dear to this Hobbit heart. <laughs> because we are going to be talking about... Chocolate and Not, cacao. Yes. Theobroma cacao. <laughs> Food of the gods. Food of the gods, which, of course, the elves would know all about that. And I'm quite certain that this, uh, especially um, our guest today, Deanna Moore, which who will be bringing into our conversation in just a few moments, but um, I am quite sure that somehow this must have come to her f directly from the West, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. I, I believe that the... Um, um, definitely the elves of Eldemar. Maybe even Galadriel brought it over, you know, as when she came back to Middle-earth from Eldemar uh, in the Great Exile. So who knows? I'm, I'm sure of it. Along I mean, with Gal the superfoods. Galadriel lived in that forest of trees. The trees are so important. Many, many trees, oaks and birches, mm -hmm. aspens and pines. But perhaps one of the most important trees is Theobroma cacao, <laughs> the chocolate tree. Well, having said that, we uh, we could mention also that trees are were a very spe special thing for J.R. Tolkien. He was a great lover of trees. There are many uh, special trees in the world of Middle Earth, and of course, in the creation story, and that's begun in the uh, Silmarillion. The um, the light of the, there was well there was the first the two towers that Morgoth knocked down and then Yavanna brought forth all of her fruits of enchantment her gifts of enchantment and brought forth the two trees that were the lights of Middle Earth and unfortunately when Morgoth again with the help of Ungoliant um, destroyed the two trees some of that nectar was captured which eventually became the sun and the moon so lots of special significance to trees. Yes. <laughs> so, um, but we have some things. Um, well, I thought we would, before we get into our interview, I thought we would share a little bit from, because, of course, we love the works of J.R. Tolkien. Um, and the, well, before that, I have to say that it's, uh, it's a very special day. It is a very special day because in two days from now will be the Hobbit's birthday. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> and so this is a very special occasion of a Hobbit birthday. And um, I, I feel like we should have had a party tree with lights and... <laughs> but there's no need for that. But and, as well, parking is, would have been a problem. Parking is a problem <laughs> here in this part of the Shire. But as a Hobbit, as you know, as Hobbits, we love to give presents on our birthday as uh, commemorations of the day. And so I have two very, very humble gifts here. But but one is you is for you, Tani, you elf princess. I know that you enjoy Pete's coffee and tea as much oh, as I do. You are so, so there's a little cute. gift card for oh. that. And and I'm hoping my guest uh, will not be adverse to this chocolate gift card, but this is the kind of gift card I give to my nieces and nephews. And oh. and it's uh it's for C's candies. They're they're perhaps not healthy candies, but my nieces and nephews seem to like them, so 
Happy birthday to me, Deanna, and I hope that you find some use for that gift card. Okay, we have to bring Deanna into the conversation now, since she's since we have included Deanna. Thank you so much for being here. Please say hello. Hello. Thank you so much for having me, and thank you so much for this beautiful. You're card. welcome. Thank you for being here. Now, let's see. Let me mix. <laughs> and Deanna is the founder and creator of Chocolatel which we will be hearing a little more about in just a bit. But uh, before we get into that, I thought we would just share a little bit uh, from Middle Earth about superfoods and wonderful the wonderful foods. And we, as we, you know, so love to do, sharing from the works of J.R.R. Tolkien from time to time, hopefully to uh, encourage a little interest in the magical world of, uh, magical mythical world of Middle Earth. But I thought we would, um, be, and because Milo, I love your voice and I love to hear you read. So um, I was wondering if today you could read to us a little bit about some magical food that we find in Middle Earth. And that is actually happens to be an elf bread called Limbus. And here we have Tolkien's uh, The Complaint Guide to Middle Earth by Robert Foster, which is a, a nice resource for we uh, for us modern-day elves. And Limbus was the whey bread of the elves formed into thin cakes, each of which was enough for a day's journey. So it sounds like superfood to me. Uh, Limbus remained fresh for many days if kept unbroken in its leaf wrapping. Unlike cram, which was a dwarvish whey bread, Limbus was tasty. And I love this. The name derives from an early elvish lin, which is for journey, and umbus, which is for bread. So it was journey for the uh, bread for the journey. And there's a wonderful passage in The Fellowship of the Ring where the fellowship has now made its way to Lothlorien, and it's now time for the parting for leaving Lothlorien, but the elves have some gifts for them, and one of the first ones is, and I'll let you take it from here. From The Fellowship of the Ring by J.R.R. Tolkien, the chapter Farewell to Lorien, we read this. In the morning, as they were beginning to pack their slender goods, elves that could speak their tongue came to them and brought them many gifts of food and clothing for the journey. The food was mostly in the form of very thin cakes made of a meal that was baked a light brown, like chocolate, on the outside and inside was the color of cream, like cocoa butter. Gimli took <laughs> up one of the cakes and looked at it with a doubtful eye. Cram, he said under his breath as he broke off a crisp corner and nibbled at it. His expression quickly changed, and he ate all the rest of the cake with relish. "'No more, no more!' cried the elves, laughing. "'You have eaten enough already for a long day's march.' "'I thought it was only a kind of cram, "'such as the Dale men make for journeys in the wild,' said the dwarf. "'So it is,' they answered. "'But we call it lembus, or waybread, "'and it is more strengthening than any food made by men, "'and it is more pleasant than cram, by all accounts.' "'Indeed it is,' said Gimli. "'Why, it is better than the honey-cakes of the Bjornings, "'and that is great praise.' for the Bjornings are the best bakers that I know of. But they are none too willing to deal out their cakes to travelers in these days. You are kindly hosts. All the same, we bid you spare the food, the elves said. Eat little at a time, and only at need. For these things are given to serve you when all else fails. The cakes will keep sweet for many, many days if they are unbroken and left in their leaf wrappings, as we have brought them. One will keep a traveler on his feet for a day of long labor, even if he be one of the tall men of Minas Tirith. And we find later on that, in fact, it is the Limbus who that sustains Sam and Frodo for that long journey all the way into the heart of Mount Doom. They probably would not have made it had it not been for the gifts of the elves. And, and, therefore, and they're superfoods. Superfoods. I mean, really, it's very, very important if you're going to... It's important for day-to-day -day life, but it's especially important if you're going to achieve anything great to eat properly, to make sure that you have the proper nutrients, to make sure that you cut down a little bit on the junky foods <laughs> and really try to increase the good foods, the superfoods. And we will get into more conversation about that and this, the importance of, su of superfoods and nutrient-dense foods, not only for special journeys and occasions, but for our everyday 
uh, everyday lives in just a few moments when we will be talking to Deanna. In uh, honor of your birthday, though, we must have some music. And so for that, I thought uh, it would be most appropriate to share the song from The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, The Complete Recordings, the party song from the... Um, the Bilbo's birthday party and this of course the song which was not in the original soundtrack but which many of us missed and said where is the party song where Sam and Rosie got to dance but it is lo and behold here in the complete recordings so we're going to hear this song of the party dance with um, where Frodo kind of pushes Sam into the dance and and it's called flaming red hair oh my gosh what a treat yes This is KUCI in Irvine, 88.9 FM, and streaming live on the Internet at KUCI.org. This is What Would Arwen Do? And this is Howard Shore. That award, Academy Award-winning music from Howard Shore, The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, The Complete Recordings, and that was Flaming Red Hair. This is KUCI in Irvine, 88.9 FM, and streaming live on the Internet at KUCI.org. And Milo, we have our shows available on podcast too, is it not? That's right. Our listeners, if they'd like to rehear it, can go to iTunes and search for Arwen, A-R-W-E-N. What Would Arwen Do has been podcasting on iTunes for a very many number of years. As well, they can go to KUCITalk.org, and our podcast is indexed there for direct MP3 download. So there's a number of ways to listen to us live, on the air, live on the Internet, and after the fact, for those of us, those of our friends that live in Europe or the Far East, they can listen, as we know that we have many that listen after the fact, and hello to those. And hello to our friends also that are listening through our my favorite message board, Tolkien Online, uh, theonering.com, and um, one of my favorite uh, communities of uh, volunteers and people on the planet, as well as, you know, the wonderful people here at KCI. So special hello, um, and my Govanin and Suilaid to greetings to them. And you, ha- I know you're you are jumping I in your seat. Exciting... We have some exciting news on the movie front, do we not? Well, I have just two pieces of data about the movies. Okay. okay? First, a little trivia for you. Okay. Uh, what is the number one movie series of all time as far as average film gross. Well, most people would guess Star Wars, and that would be right. 1.145 billion. Mm. But very, very, very close behind is Lord of the Rings at an average gross of 1.045 billion. Very close So that is from George Lucas Blockbusting, an excellent book if you're interested in Mm. the business of film. A very excellent book, George Lucas Blockbusting. That little piece of trivia is from the epilogue. Now, does that include after-the-fact monies that that have come in from the films? Yes. That is total worldwide gross in constant $2,005. Well, and you, and so it's quite possible that you know, with the we, you know the Hobbit movies coming out, and all of the Space Wars, Star Wars trilogy, or the Star Wars, you know, Star films Wars are now is over, over, but Lord of the Rings pass. is not. We may pass. So, <laughs> but that leads me into my fabulous, my best yes. birthday present okay. for you. Mm-hmm. We have a date. What a birthday present to give you. Uh, we have a date. Warner Brothers has made firm commitment to all the IMAX theater owners around the country that they will release The Hobbit Part 1 in December 2012 and The Hobbit Part 2 in December 2013. So all of that, oh all of gosh. that waiting, all of that suspense, all that worry about MGM's financial problems, finally behind us and we can look forward to, I've already marked it on my calendar, December 2012, I'm going to be there at the premiere. Absolutely. And I wonder if it will be close to the, uh, like, 
because in 2001, it was on December 21st, because it usually always is on like a Thursday night, right? Midnight showing at Thursday night, which I wasn't there. I actually didn't discover the films until um, March of 2002. Um, but I was in line at Big Newport for the return, you know, overnight. Um, we camped out for the Two Towers. Right. And which I'm very excited because hopefully I will still be in Southern California uh, where we can camp out where the weather's nice. <laughs> That's right. For uh, for yeah, for the because I'm sure they'll be. And there's such a it's so much fun camping out for for films because you meet such interesting uh, fellow geeky people. Oh well, I don't know geeky, but people that really like about the 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 books. Geeky about the books, not really geeky in the computer sense. No, 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 not in the computer sense. But we call ourselves. So that's my my number one birthday present to you and all of our listeners is December 2012. The exact date, not. Not set, Still, but it's almost certain at to least be we the have Thursday the before Christmas, is that's a traditional thing. Which would also uh, probably imply that the next film would come out on 2013. 13. No, it's which, in black and white. Oh, Both okay. films oh. have been officially scheduled by Warner oh. Brothers in contract with the IMAX theaters. So that would the be... The Hobbit Part a, 1 is definitely December 2012. The Hobbit Part 2 is definitely December 2013. Oh. It's in black and white now. Wonderful. So that means on the 10-year anniversary of The Return of the King, we'll see the second part of The Hobbit. That's exactly right. And on the 10-year anniversary of The Two Towers, we will see the first well, part of, and the, of other, the Hobbit. The other part that's implied a little bit, I think, through this very good news that you just shared with us is that there will be a resurgence of interest in The Lord of the Rings and probably in different places showings you know, they may well, you know, there are some theaters now every once in a while that show some of them, but they'll probably show, I would imagine, there'll be some places where they'll be showing some of the movies again. Oh, yes. <laughs> AMC is Yay. famous for doing that kind of thing. Yeah. So, so this brings us, though, to the next part of our program and our very special guest, Deanna Moore. Deanna, again, thank you. Welcome and thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I've enjoyed listening to this show so far. It's my first time listening. so really We have a lot of fun, fun here. Yeah. We elves and hobbits are really into the fun. Before we go any further, mm-hmm. for the people out in, in, uh, in our audience land, there's two pieces of information very important. Mm-hmm. The Raw Cacao Superfood Synergy Company, Choc- Chocolato. Chocolatel, wonderful, almost sort of an Aztec spelling, Mm -hmm. is uh, information and ordering and so forth is available at www.flowfoodschocolatel.com. And I will spell that, F-L-O-W-F-O-O-D-S-C-H-O-C-O-L-A-T-L.com. Flowfoodschocolatel.com. And if you wish uh, telephone information, that's available at 949-981-8067. And another piece of data is these wonderful things, which we're going to describe, are apparently available today in Mother's Markets in Southern California. And for uh, those listening in, we will be actually doing a little giveaway a little bit later in the show of a gift of a box of chocolate. So having said that, we need to get right into this. Yes. Uh, Deanna is the founder of Chocolatel. And Deanna, can you just tell us how in the world, how did you get hooked on chocolate and get into doing this? Mm. This wonderful thing called the life of chocolate. Mm. That's a that's a big question. Uh, and well, I mean, have you always just loved chocolate? You no, know, I I haven't always particularly loved chocolate. I mean, I I've loved it as much as probably anyone else, but I never ever thought I would start a chocolate company. Um, and it's really been through my travels to cacao growing regions. Um, you know, we can't grow chocolate here. Um, it grows roughly twenty degrees north and south of the equator, mm. so it really grows in a tropical. Um, you know, climate. And I I had the chance to live in Hawaii. I've visited West Africa, um, visited Ecuador. Um, so I've got, you know, gotten to really interact on a personal level with these trees and um, eaten cacao fresh out of the pod. And Is that how you kind of discovered, you know, chocolate in the sense of, I mean, were you, did you, had you gone on a trip to one of these places and somebody gave you some beans and you're like, wow, this is incredible or yeah I mean when I was because you were in school were you in school um yeah I was in school it's in grad school and I actually had the opportunity to to go to Ghana West Africa and I studied West African drumming and dancing and I was like oh this is amazing and I also music amazing music and um 
I also, um, you know, was definitely into chocolate. I mean, and and farming in particular, agriculture, gardening. Um, and so I always, wherever I go, I want to really connect to the local economy and the local um, agriculture to wherever I go. And I found out that there was only one fair trade chocolate cooperative in Ghana. And I, I spent wow. several days trying to find it and I found it. And I'm really connected to it. And so when I got, you know, when I got back, I was really interested in thinking about starting a company. And, um, you know, when I finally finished grad school, I was sort of sitting with a pen and paper, you know, f- what am I going to do? I have. What was your degree in? It was in ecology and education. So I was, you know, okay. learning about how to teach about sustainability and, um, you know, ecology and, and the environment. And... Um, I, I was actually eating, you know, I'm also really into health and nutrition, and I was um, consuming a lot of, of essentially, you know, chocolate milk, chocolate smoothies with, with raw cacao. So it's this cacao powder uh-huh. that hasn't been roasted. Um, and I, I was getting these amazing um, channels of, of creativity just opening. And I guess I was visited by an elf from <laughs> from uh, the Middle Earth, mm-hmm. literally from, you know, these these... Um, jungle, you know, tropical jungle mm. elves, mm. you know, came came to visit me and was, you know, like the ones we see in Pandora and Avatar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and you know, it's kind of like, okay, you have to start this this business. And I was like, wait, you're crazy. You know, I I don't know anything about business. And um, it, but it, it assured me that that everything would be fine. <laughs> just just to follow that. And um, so. I, I, uh, the universe was calling. You had no idea yeah. what your, what your this amazing and isn't that the way that it is so often, Milo? That, many, many times uh, that the universe calls us out onto an adventure that we never would have. I, I can tell you, I wouldn't have if somebody would have told me six years ago. Oh, you're going to be doing a radio show. I would have said, Are you insane? I'm not. In, I'm not going to be doing. A, I'm not a radio show person. And five years later, here, here I am. Um, or teaching yoga, or or most of the adventures that I that I have been on. So, but that's the way it is. Very often, there's something that we're interested in, and the next thing you know, there's that little tug at our heart, that little still voice that says, "You, you should do this." Yeah, and I think it's you know for me it was about just saying yes and committing mm-hmm. to it. I mean, I had so many interests, and definitely this combines my interest of education and using food as the transport system to connect people to the forest and to sustainability and to people. Um, and that's really been a passion of mine for a long time is food and, and using that as a connection point to culture, ecology and, and sustainability. And um, so, you know, saying yes and then just totally committing myself to it. Um, and it's really been pretty magical. And, um, you know, I definitely have had just, you know, intuition and guidance on how to make these different blends. And I didn't know anything about making chocolate. I knew more about just <laughs> loving the way it's, eating it. Yeah, eating it and then, you know, seeing how it, it grows, you know, a lot like coffee, you have to have you know, an intact uh, ecosystem has to grow in the shade of other plants. And, you you know, mm. um, a lot of times it's grown with bananas and these really staple foods for families who are growing it. So it's a really um, totally fascinating uh, adventure uh, yes. to, to, to be into chocolate and having that as, as a job. <laughs> but you make a very, very important point. The connection between peoples through, through food is very important. Queen Noor has just recently written that fabulous book about the sandwich shop swap where she was going to school and she had hummus in a pita and her schoolmate had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and the schoolmate said oh i don't know if i like that hummus and queen nora when she was a little girl said i don't know if i really like peanut butter and jelly so they each had a bite of the other's sandwich and loved it <laughs> and and that yes. that connection between people through food is very uh, very important it, it as is very important. tomorrow i certainly will be eating mexican food in celebration of cinco de mayo uh-huh. mm-hmm. it's important anyhow back to chocolate yeah well i mean and it, it is a very um it's an amazing cultural expression food because it's it's a necessity we need it but it's also um, an expression of culture and and to really connect the dots and okay you know following all the the ingredients where they come from it's it's a story and it's a, there's myths and all kinds of things so it's well, really cool and of course uh chocolate being you know is kind of considered to be the food of the gods yes um i love your little um this, uh, kind of flyer that you have it says the literal food of the gods is a literal translation of the name given to everyone's favorite food chocolate and what's the what's the technical name theobroma cacao yeah. it's the name carl and gave to the cacao tree 
and yeah, it that's the scientific food. name for mm-hmm. the species of plant that gives us the wonderful chocolate. Yeah, food of the gods, mm-hmm. and um, it was amazing. Last Tuesday, actually, I was able to go to a presentation that you did over at Mother's Market. I'm hoping that you will do another one, maybe in, you know, in a month or two, maybe in the fall or something, because okay. it was so. Uh, delightful not only to go and experience raw organic chocolate with superfoods but also the presentation that you gave the PowerPoint presentation showing where the beans come from what they look like how the you know a lot of times you know so often whatever it is that we have it just appears on the plate or it appears in the store and we take it home and we prepare it some way without actually knowing where it comes from uh, what the story is of that food, whether it came. I love that Avante Cafe here in um, on 17th Street in Costa Mesa uh, partners with uh, the um, San Juan Capistrano uh, Farms. South Coast Farms. South Coast yeah. Farms. Uh, and they have, they're a drop-off point for these bushels of mm-hmm. organic produce that people can sign up and once a week, or I think maybe even you get it twice a week, but at least once a week or once every other week, they drop off these bushel basketfuls, no plastic or anything, but bushel mm-hmm. basketfuls of locally grown organic produce that's seasonal. So it's, you know, yeah. whatever's in season at that time. And you can have a whole, you know, it, so, but you actually yeah. know, you know, like where yeah. it came from. You're connected with your food. I, I actually used to make, I was one of the people who prepared the baskets at South Coast Farms. Oh. And they are actually um, a huge supporter of Chocolatl as well. And you can buy Chocolatl at South Coast Farms. And I highly recommend. They're the only organic farm left in Orange I, County. The um, only one left. So I, just a little little plug for them. They're they're amazing. And um, you can definitely always find Chocolatl there as well. <laughs> wonderful. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah I love them. So. They're right next door to the Ecology Center, mm-hmm. which is also wonderful. They're doing wonderful things with educational programs mm-hmm. there. And I, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say that his name slips my Evan Marks. Kevin, yeah, Evan. Yeah, he's a friend of mine. Yes. Yes, Evan uh, yeah, is. Yeah, and there's some great yeah. programs coming up there Oh, as well. fantastic. Yeah, we had <laughs> Evan on, on. Uh, a I don't know, a year or so ago. Oh, nice. Yeah. And uh, I went down to see a beautiful house and just their programs there. And yeah, they're they're fantastic. So yeah, yeah. it's all good. <laughs> yeah, it's all it's all connected. We're all a community we here. We are, are all connected. And everyone needs chocolate. So that's the thing. It's like, you know, I can always plug in places because everybody needs it. And so it's kind of like, okay, I can fit in at the farm, the ecology center, and on the, somehow on the radio show right. with, with uh, the, the elves. So it's pretty fun. Absolutely. And so anyway, having said that, because some people say, well, you know, and I guess I would um, probably take exception with, uh, you know, a, whole, a lot of sugary things. You know, I, one of the things that, you know, makes my heart sad very often is Every year as we get into the holidays, especially around Halloween, uh, the chill, you know, I believe that there's a direct correlation between the kids getting sick and the fact that it's the, you know, in September, all of the candy shows up for, you know, the, you know, the ultra processed candy for Halloween and the kids are and people are eating it. We're Mm -hmm. just we eat so much more refined uh, sugars and, you know, processed things during the months when it seems like, you know, we need our immune system to be at its highest. Yes. However, chocolatl is not only does not only suppress the immune system, but has benefits. I understand to support and enhance the immune system through the superfoods. Could you talk a little bit of, to us about that? Definitely. Yeah. So, um, and it, that's a great point to bringing up the correlation between you know um, sugar and and stress and the holidays, and um, I think it's good to be aware of that and. One thing that we're aware of being, you know, a raw kind of alternative chocolate company is we're looking for sweeteners that are um, low glycemic that aren't going to, you know, stress out your system, but also with the addition of these really powerful and amazing superfoods from around the world. So we're adding things like, um, you know, goji berries and medicinal uh, Chinese mushrooms and really immune supporting um, superfoods that are packed with nutrients and that really balance the, uh, the body. Yes. uh, I have a little story about cordyceps. Um, In 1996, I was selected to go and give some lectures for my company in Hong Kong. And when my East Coast relatives heard this, they put me on a mission. While I was there in Hong Kong, they gave me this address. So I went down this long street. I took a bus into this remote part of the Hong Kong island, went to this small little shop that sold a mushroom extract and brought it back because my wife's aunt 
was going through some cancer situation. Oh. And this Chinese mushroom was something that they were convinced, her own whole family was convinced would help her. And in fact, instead of only living a year, as the doctors had predicted, she was able to live four years. Wow. So she got an additional three years. And when I saw that one of the ingredients of chocolatel was cordyceps, I said, oh, my gosh, mm-hmm. you don't have to fly halfway around the world <laughs> to get some benefit. Right. You can have something that's good tasting and good for you. And really, I mean, cordyceps is a very important element of Chinese herbal medicine. Mm-hmm. And, Deanna, I love that, I mean, as if uh, chocolate, the chocolate that you have, the raw organic chocolate, weren't enough on its own, the fact that you have incorporated so many of these superfoods into your delightful chocolate product. Mm-hmm. And it comes in three different flavors. Could you tell us a little bit about, and, and just yeah. um, before we get in, just in case you're just tuning in, this is KUCI in Irvine, uh, 88.9 FM. And um, my guest today is Deanna Moore, the founder uh, and uh, developer of Chocolatel, that's C-H-O-C-O-L-A-T-L, and their website, flowfoodschocolatel.com. And we're talking about raw, organic Chocolate and superfoods. So, chocolate has what three three basic flavors. Yeah. So we have three varieties of our solid eating chocolates, and then also this amazing chocolate maca sauce. Um, but we, one of the things I found uh, is so useful about chocolate is that it's such an amazing transport system and vehicle for other foods because mm-hmm. not only because it sort of um, I don't want to say hides the flavor, but it does do that. Uh, but it also opens our and awakens our body and our mind to be able to receive them. Um, so we have our best seller is the is um, the cordyceps maca, and we use the cordyceps mushrooms, maca powder, and lacuma fruit as the main uh, superfoods. And we should have a little taste. Should yes, not here on the sure, air. I know. Oh, it's delicious. Oh my gosh! Let me <laughs> right. take a whiff of that. I've, I probably eat you know every oh, day. Oh, the aroma. Elf yes. Princess, let me pass the box to you. <laughs> the aroma is just overpowering. Oh, I, I do have to say that uh, last Tuesday night over at Mother's Market, and this is available at Mother's Market, and we don't mention prices here, but we can mention that it is on sale right now, mm-hmm. too. So it's um, um, forego a couple of lattes and have some wonderful chocolate. So this is the um, what, this is the Cordyceps Maca. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. and, and, you know, raw chocolate has a... D- Different, very different flavor from. Mm. Let's just savor that that sound. <laughs> now, when people mm. hear raw mm. cacao and raw chocolate mm. and all these things, they may be saying, "Oh, that's some of that nasty organic mm-mm, stuff again." But this is not only good for you, but this tastes delicious. It's, oh, it's quite you. a different taste than the typical dark chocolate, but mm-hmm. it is very delicious. Yeah, it is. It is different. It's it's an unroasted chocolate, so it's 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 fermented. Um, it, as most chocolate is, uh, but it, it is unroasted, so it, it has a distinct flavor of its own. But it's... So being unroasted, because you, I understand that you're very careful to make sure that your chocolate does not um, get over a certain temperature, so that would make, um, it, that would ensure that the enzymes are intact, correct? Um, well, with raw chocolate in particular, since it does go through a fermentation process, mm. um um, it's debatable whether or not there are a significant amount of enzymes because it's already kind of gone through a process of making it um, unviable, the okay. seed. But um, by by not roasting it, we're keeping all these other amazing neurotransmitters, antioxidants, and um, brain chemicals, minerals. All of them are in their natural state. All yep. of the good fats, um, <laughs> they're, they're uncooked. So um, it's really a lot more synergistic and healthy for our bodies to be um, eating them, in in my opinion and, and the opinion of a lot of other people in, in this natural state, um, which, you know, like I said before, does shift the taste a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you add all these other amazing foods... Mm-hmm. Um, We're on our second, second box kind, here. The second <laughs> box is the goji. Mm-hmm. And as our listeners probably know, it's mm. the highest source of carotenoids, including beta-carotene. This is the highest. And this has yet a different and more subtle flavor than the first choice. And uh, texture. This one has, the other one's more smooth. What is giving this one the texture? This one has, <laughs> I actually really, I, people always ask me, oh, what's your favorite one? And it's like, oh my gosh, I, I really don't have one. But um, I, I love the mesquite. We add a little mesquite pod mm-hmm. meal mm-hmm. Ah, in this. Mesquite. And yeah, it gives it a little bit of this 
kind of almost smoky flavor and a little bit of a, you know, this great texture to it. Um, And I love it. It's kind of like this caramel, caramely, smoky, really subtle flavor Mm -hmm. to it. Um, And then, of course, we we do add the goji berries, which change the texture. But the the mesquite is what is what also is it. What I notice that's really good here is, of course, mesquite, uh, as we know, helps in stabilizing blood sugar. But speaking of sugar, their sweetener is what? Agave, which Mm -hmm. is a low glycemic sweetener. Yeah, we use a um, really we use the b- best form of agave nectar that's available. And if, if you know, I advise if anyone's using agave nectar to find a, a clear blue agave, and um, that's what we use. And uh, we're also experimenting with things like palm sugar, um, but always low glycemic and, mm-hmm. and what feels the best. And I, I absolutely love agave. So this is amazing. I feel like I've just kind of. Um I'm surely having an experience like they had with the Limbus bread. I feel like I could just kind of float right off to uh, it's, Eldmar. It's not a sugar high. It, it, is, it is a health high. I mean, it's like when <laughs> like you that. eat it some t- really it, good broccoli that your mother-in-law has Better steamed. than broccoli. It really, it's, it, but um, because I think it does um, stimulate creativity. And I do have yeah. to tell you the other night after having gone to your lecture where we got to taste, we had some chocolate tea. We had the different chocolates, which I love the mint. Um, and, um, so we had several samples and some raw beans and, uh, I got home, I guess, cause the thing was done about eight thirty or nine, something like that. And I got home and I wrote a whole new, sequence out for my yoga class Mm -hmm. and I was having so much fun I was having I just had like two or three hours of a high creativity having so much fun I'm like wow I just feel like I could stay up all night just working on things maybe I should work on my book or something and I was like (laughs) wow and I hadn't had any coffee or anything it was just the chocolate yeah you should try this mystic mint flavor it is unique in my experience in that the mint is very subtle Mm. many times chocolatiers think that they need to put a ton of mint in, but this is just a hint of mint and really accentuates the chocolate goodness. I will have to restrain my um, response here because this, I think, is my favorite that I'm just about to have. So, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. mm. it's just amazing. Yeah, and that, that we actually add the wild blue-green algae to it, um, Not, from oh. Lake, which is a wild <laughs> food. That's why you like it, and, um, Princess. Yeah, you like it, the mm-hmm. algae from the sea. There we you go. elves there you love go. that blue-green algae. And it also has a five-mushroom five blend that's more um, mm-hmm. calming and good for the immune system and, and everything. So, it says here that... Um, Neurotransmitters are the brain chemicals that communicate information throughout our brain and body. Your information says that raw cacao contains neurotransmitters that elevate feelings of well-being. Serotonin, endorphins, PEA, which was released by the brain when we're in love. Mm-hmm. And anandamide, the bliss chemical. Yeah. I wonder if, so anandamide, is that something that your body... Um, produces and then this stimulates it or is it something that is um because i was thinking the bliss chemical you know yeah. how you know how at the end of the yoga class where you have that yeah that Shibasana. bliss you know <laughs> that bliss moment you come out and you're all blissed out yeah yeah ananda means bliss in in sanskrit mm-hmm. and um yeah i i'm pretty sure our body does contain that and this accentuates it as well like you know our body also produces stimulates P- that neurotransmitter yeah, pea release um exactly so um yeah, so so I mean, chocolate in general, we all know that it it elevates the mood, and and in raw chocolate, I've found that the feeling of it's so much more powerful and, and amazing um, than than just your regular raw chocolate, and probably that is because of the addition of superfoods and just the purity um, and integrity and intention of of the uh, raw chocolate as well. Well, I want us to have an opportunity to give away a box of chocolate, and so we're going to need to cut to some music for just a minute or two. But I want us to make sure we have enough time because I'd like for us to talk a little bit. Uh, we have talked about some of the health benefits, but just the difference between your raw chocolate and just the general chocolate that people are getting and why this is so much m- more of a healthy choice uh, when we get back and the envi- and how also this is better for the environment and your wonderful packaging. So we're going to hear just a, a little bit uh, again from the Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring, the complete recordings, and this is from the Shire. I believe this is Gandalf. I hope I get the right track. Yes, Milo? And and for our listeners, if you wish to get a free box of this oh, fabulous yes. <laughs> chocolatel, don't forget the number 949-824-5824. That's 949-UCI-KUCI.
And we'll be here on the phones for the next minute or two, able to pick them up if you'd like to try some chocolate. This is KUCI in Irvine, 88.9 FM, and streaming live on the Internet at KUCI.org. This is KUCI in Irvine, 88.9 FM. I am Tani Chinuviel, and we just got the phone. <laughs> We're having so much phone ans- fun answering the phone here. Um, but I'm going to have to have my little Hobbit co-host, if you wouldn't mind, coming around the side here, because um, we had a couple of callers, and I want to say thank you very much to uh, Woody, who called from Irvine, and who Hector, and Hector also, who's uh, on the phone. We will be sending them... Uh, each a uh, box of our Roy, raw organic chocolate. So, yeah, <laughs> I think we got people very excited. It's always right. nice to know. Um, you never know for sure if people are actually listening, but boy, chocolate really got some people's attention today. <laughs> yeah, you say the word chocolate and it, it uh, somehow attracts people. It's yeah. Amazing. Well, and this is amazing. I mean, I, I just, this is amazing. This is amazing. So I can see why um, I would like, you know, it's like, I should become a distributor or something so that I can um, maybe open a store or something just so I can stock it with with Chocolatel. There you go. Um, But as I mentioned before, I'd love for us to talk a little bit about the environmental benefits because I think that this is an an important thing for those of us who wonder uh, where our food's coming from and what the impact is. Uh, And I love the fact, because you shared this at the lecture, that you're... um, as far as selecting where you get your uh, chocolate from, as far as supporting local farmers, and mm-hmm. also even down to the packaging. Could you tell us a little bit about the packaging of your uh, chocolate so that, you know, it's not filling up a landfill anywhere? Definitely, yeah. Well, one of the most important things, my, my background and my kind of core is, you know, the ecological sustainability aspect of things. And um, so it was really important for me to, you know, if I'm packaging chocolate in these boxes, I, I um, have to have it be... Uh, more sustainable. So one of the things we did was um, since the very beginning, we've had biodegradable packaging. And right now we have some amazing um, packaging that is reusable. You can actually, these little boxes, you know, you guys can't see them, but you can actually take these apart and turn them around and use them as little gift boxes. But also they're made out of 100% post-consumer recycled um, cardstock. Um, They're fully biodegradable and recyclable. And then there's an inner bag that looks just like plastic, but Mm -hmm. it's actually made of um, cotton tree uh, cellulose. Mm. And so it's um, biodegradable as well. It's called Nature Flex. And um, we found these. We do, you know, we pay a little bit more for them, but um, it's definitely... It's definitely something it's that good for the. It. It's good for us and it's good for the planet. Yeah, and I can feel <laughs> you know I can feel good. I can feel better about you know pack, packing up, you know thousands of boxes a month right. and, and <laughs> shipping them away. So um, yeah, and it's beautiful. And we use inks that are all um, water and, and vegetable based, and so you know they're, they're all degradable as well. So. Um... And tell us a little, because we, you know, we've just talked about the health benefits, and my gosh, we only have, I know, it's amazing how fast the time goes. We only have about five minutes left. But um, just as far as what is the difference between, in a sense, kind of where your chocolate comes from and someone who's buying chocolate from, you know, Dove, Nestle, you know, the big chocolate companies? Right. Um, Yeah, and I can speak from from my personal experience, Um, you know, with with fair trade cacao cooperatives and organic farms is that a lot of times these come from small farms. Again, this isn't, you know, we're already importing these pretty far distances from Ecuador and, um, you know, Bali or Peru, South America. Um, So one of the things that I like is that I know that these come from small farms where there's no pesticides being used. There's no herbicides. um, They're not being sprayed and fumigated and irradiated and, um, you know, with, with these toxic chemicals. Um, the farmers are getting paid a fair wage. Um, their in- their lands integrated with cacao and all the all of their food source for their family. And so, um, you know, going down to the source, it, it's just really simple. It's you know what's what's best for the people and what's best for the for the environment. Right. Um, and so, I mean, if anything, even if you don't buy you know my raw chocolate, I would definitely fair trade and organic. Um, don't ever buy chocolate that is not fair trade and organic. 
But these, I should mention, are very beautifully designed boxes. They're definitely charming little gift boxes. They're very well engineered. They're very well put together. They're attractive, and, and they look like gift boxes. And I would say, Tani, I mean, not only for the organic mm-hmm. fans, not only the people that like to really eat organic and superfoods, but just if you know a chocoholic, yes. this is mm-hmm. a unique perfect experience. Gift. It's just, I mean, I must say it's the perfect gift. We will have to mention this again uh, yes. come next February. If, you're, mm-hmm. if you really want to give your Valentine a gift of chocolate, this or at Christmas time, put a little red mm-hmm. raffia on there and, uh, you know, just stick it under the tree. Of course, you might have to put a, a little wrapper on it because it won't last right. very long. Very Christmassy, <laughs> too. Two <laughs> of the three true. boxes. One box has a green cover. The Mystic Mint is a green cover. That's right. And then there is a red cover for the goji. Mm-hmm. And so that's red and green. So that would be also suitable mm-hmm. as a yeah. red and green Christmas kind Absolutely. of present. Absolutely. And Deanna, I'm I'm so sorry that we're out of time, but thank you so much for being here well, and for, for being. Uh, we want to give your contact information out again, and that is phone number nine four nine nine eight one eight zero six seven, and on the internet www.flowfoodschocolatel.com. F L O W F O O D S C H O C O L A T L dot com. And they're available, apparently, at both Mother's Markets as well as the South Coast Farms. Um, and I think maybe at Whole Foods, too, aren't they? Uh, at some of the Whole they, they will be um, in the next month. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. But uh, get down to South Coast Farms. You can get some yes. fresh vegetables and some chocolate and Definitely. some fresh air <laughs> and do something wonderful, not only for your body but for your community and for the planet. So Definitely. it's all really good. So, Deanna, thank you so very much for being thank on the you program for and for me. being, for doing, for hearing the call mm-hmm. and uh, giving mm-hmm. your time and energy to uh, creating this wonderful superfood that we can all benefit from while we're, and it's so much fun to eat. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is something, if anybody is complaining about, you know, well, I don't, it's too hard to eat healthy, it's too boring, this is not boring Food. This is superfood that's fun and yummy. The only uh, challenge you may have is uh, restraining yourself from eating too much <laughs> but of that's it. That's always yeah, the that's situation okay. yeah. with chocolate. Definitely. If there's one thing you can do, you know, health-wise, you know, to switch out your chocolate. Right. Know, get chocolate instead of your your uh, maybe have chocolate instead of that latte or the latte. Yeah. yeah. You know, switch your caffeine over to chocolate yeah. and get your antioxidants and superfoods as the same time as having some wonderful chocolate. Of course, if you you also could have some chocolate along with your latte. There you go. You know, we're not we're not biased here. You can we like everything. So, well, uh, Milo, do we have any other announcements, or is it time to say Namaria? It's time for Namariel. Tanya, this has been a fabulous show having <laughs> Diana here from Chocolatel. Yes. My gosh, and Deanna, having thank chocolate. you, Diana. Yes, and chocolate, you. and the samples were fabulous. And thank, thank you, you, my Hobbit friend, for your wonderful Hobbit birthday gifts to us. Well, and have a you, delightful time on your birthday in just a few days. Oh, my gosh, Happy I will. Birthday. So, thank you. Yeah. So we're going to go out with a little song, Into the West, from uh, Coco B, who used to host Yogi World, but has a wonderful voice singing uh, the award-winning song and from Annie Lennox from Return of the King, Into the West. And we'll be back in two weeks with more uh, Hobbit and Elf adventures. Is that right? That's absolutely correct. And if people want to... Uh, Email us. They can send us a little email at askanelf at yahoo.com, askanelf at yahoo.com. We'd love to hear from you. Or um, they can tune in in a couple of weeks, and uh, we'll hear from them then. Right In the meantime, if they want to check out the podcast, it's at kucitalk.org, or go to iTunes and search for A-R-W-E-N. And uh, we are broadcasting from the University of California in Irvine. We are KUCI. 88.9 FM and streaming live on the internet. So, Alin Salalumen Omentielvo, a star shines on the hour of our meeting, my friends. And so, that's it. Bye bye, Tani. Bye bye. Bye. KCI in Irvine, the best radio station in the history of the universe. Sweet and weary